buddies. How you doing? It's nice to hear from you. It's nice to see you. It's me, your buddy, your pal, Steve Bazelone. I, of course, am the host of What You're Listening To, Terribly Funny. Uh, it's the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. Today's guest, he's great. He's a director. He's a writer. He's an actor. He's an old friend. He's Alex Fernie. Um, on top of being all those things, he's also an amazing improviser. And that's how I first met him uh, some 12 or 13 years ago at the Improv Olympic out here in Los Angeles. Uh, we were both improvising him much more successfully and better and more adept than I was. Um, and if you're an improv nerd, he's a, a you, the, the, his group, uh, Convoy, means something to you. Uh, they're wildly talented, and I think they still hold records for the most cage match wins. Um, but he's... He's a delightful man who's done a ton of things. He has started off in Funny or Die, doing a ton of shorts that I'm, sh- I'm sure you're familiar with. But then he moved on from there to doing things like NTSF, SD, SUV, also The Hot Wives of Orlando, Newsreaders, The Hot Wives of Las Vegas, Children's Hospital, that's a great show, Bajillion Dollar Properties, another great show. He's written and directed and acted in many, many of these things and a bunch of other things I'm not even going to name. What I'm saying is he's a very talented guy and a humble and wonderful person. And today, we're going to talk about, ooh, baby, what it's like to be reminded of your mortality at a very young age when one of your best friends dies. Oof. Um, But he's wonderful, he's smart and cerebral, and I think uh, you're really going to enjoy what he has to say about this. Uh, But before we do that, before we get to Mr. Farney, let me say this. Do you like the show? Do you? If you do... Uh, this whole the whole the whole mission statement about what I'm about to say in the next 30 seconds is support us tell your friends tell your pals go to our iTunes page give us a rating give us a review tweet at us tweet about us terribly underscore funny go to our Instagram give us a follow give us a regram it's terribly funny uh, podcast also if, reach out to me drop me a line it means so much to me when people do it's terribly funny podcast at gmail I'd love to hear from you I'm still backlogged from the little break we took a while ago uh, between seasons but I'm gonna get back to each and every one of you because it really does earnestly mean so much to me so that part's done now let's get to alex fernie because he's just fucking rad here we go gang theme music just the premise was henry winkler's character got tenure at the hospital uh-huh. fine <laughs> uh and so he doesn't have to work anymore and sure. so he invents a jetpack uh but like while that was like the storylines are he's inventing a jetpack uh, Hubel has become a, a DJ and then um, Malali Megan Malali they start with his 10 year party mm-hmm. and she's like on one of those go-go platforms and dancing sure. and she's got the walker and everyone leaves and she's stuck up there and she's sure. stuck up there for months uh, and it was so it was literally like, a, like these are all storylines that have been done so many so times so many times yeah. barely intersect yeah. uh, and it was great because it was just sort of like um, I don't want to green screen the just the you know, uh, a jetpack. I think it'd be better to hook them up to a thing. And, yeah, and they were like, they were like, oh, might take a little more time. I was like, I think it's, I think it'll be happy. They're like, okay. And then I was like, and for the Malala thing, we're just gonna make it real, real weird. And they're like, okay. That's great. And I just did it. It was great. It was yeah, fun. that is nice when you're when you're dealing with things that are not a ton of cash because the the stakes are lower. Yeah. So you get to take a bigger swing with shit, even if it's not so much stylistically. You don't have the time or the the resources for it. You just can kind of be like, yeah, yeah. You go ahead. You're trading comfort. Hopefully, often, for the ability just to, like, do your thing. Yeah. Which is... Like, I'm just going to touch this. I'm going to get my fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Um, but that's, that's also, it's like, hour 17, you're like, it would have been nice. It would be nice if, if we... this could have been two eight-hour days. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. That we could shoot six pages a day. Yeah. That'd be, ooh, baby. Um, well, that's great, man. Yeah. I've connected some dots. Yeah. Um, you want to tell me some terrible shit? Sure. Mm. 
Outside of the 17 hour days, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. Yeah. It was mainly for those poor actors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hot. Yeah. And their stupid costumes. <laughs> um, and for this stuff, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I've got a couple things we can. No, I, I, I could really only come up with like, well, like one main sure. thing, which was like, I think you, you were probably around, were you around for Matt? You know, that's when, know you that's when we first met, right it was the Matt. early days of improv, yeah, I know. and you guys were all performing together, so I knew him, yeah. but I, you know, it was like, that. it was like basically that period for me, it felt like the first day of college, the first yeah. day of college, because I just met like 60 people in the course of two months. So like you knew a bunch of people and there was like two yeah. or three people we became close with. So I knew him, but not super well. Yeah, that was, cause I was like, I, 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 I was like, I know I knew Annie. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I couldn't pinpoint exactly when I met you in yeah. that, especially because I just moved out here yep. and it was a blur. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I, I couldn't remember if uh, those kind of, I was trying to remember. Also like you guys were already a, a team and like, so you had such a, um, a shorthand. Like you guys were already like, we're 22 and you're already, you know, crushing the imp in the improv scene. That, yeah, just crushing that. Crushing that improv scene. Those, those 20 people audience shows. No, but it's interesting though, like, they were, like, small things, mm -hmm. but, like, God, people like, um, Dassey and, K and Kikowski, like, they're still, like, yeah. hero. Like, they, yeah. like, they still, like, in my, just because when I was 22, like, when you're, like, a freshman in high school and, like, there's a senior who's nice to you, like, they're forever amazing. Yeah. Um, but like there's 20 people in the audience but you guys were amazing so like you very quickly people were like ooh those yeah. guys are good it was, it was nice because we moved out here um, Bert, Todd and, and uh, Matt moved out here before they were a year older than myself and Alex Berg and then Berg and I moved out here in, in the summer of 04 and the whole thing was we were going to uh, like oh yeah we'll do shows with those guys mm -hmm. um, we'll like write and we'll we'll, we'll do that like and, and Matt convinced Berg and I to move out right. both of us probably would have just like gone to grad school or something right um, that old fun that old fun I don't thing. know what I'm gonna do yeah. I'll, I'll do school more I guess I'll do yeah more more history mm -hmm. I think is what the plan was mm -hmm. I probably would like move to New York and then figured it out I'll just delay life for a little bit longer yeah why not yeah. deal with it in my 30s <laughs> um, instead, I chose improv. Yeah. <laughs> really confronting yeah. life right now. <laughs> confronting like being a broken, yeah. a little bit unsure of everything. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, so we moved out and, and that in, in uh, a very end of July, early August. Um, moved out, started like, kind of started now looking at like kind of how popular improv is and how big the scene is. This yeah. is before UCB was in LA and stuff. Like it was insane that we could do what we did, which is we moved out. I think the week after we moved out, we like signed up for an improv class at IO mm -hmm. and we took it and we were performing pretty much weekly, really like within a month yeah. or two of moving out here at IO and those like little upstairs cage matches yep. where no one came to, but we were able Yeah. They were fun though. It was, it was great and it was, I chalk it up to like, I was able to be bad then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was able to figure out what works and what doesn't and kind of develop our, we were able to develop our sense of humor in that world and, and we met a lot of great people that we're still right. friends with and all that sort of stuff and it was really, really great. Um, and then that fall, 
So if I moved out here in early August, late July, in that October, my grandfather died. Um, and like I went home and it was like, oh, okay, well that, that's fun. But he was an old, not particularly healthy man. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, it was like, huh? It was yeah, sort of like, it's, oh. it's always a bummer, but it's yeah. like, well, this is an, an inevitable bummer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and like that was, you know, stressful and everything, but it, it was what it was. Yeah. Um, it's the way life is supposed to work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was a overweight man who smoked every day for his entire life. And he had made it farther than that description. Yeah. Like, I mean, because uh, I wonder how old he was. He's probably like, let's see, that would be uh, 04. So, I mean, he had to have been around 80. Um, so, hey man, if you can live your life exactly as you want, make it to 80, yeah. be unhealthy, super just deal. sit around and watch the Weather Channel. Uh, genetics. Yeah. Fingers crossed for me. <laughs> Um, You're going down that same road. Right, exactly right down the same road. Definitely got to lose like 100, 200 pounds. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, And then, so that happened, and then I came back. uh, And then Matt, uh, Carrie, who is our friend, and we performed with a bunch, and and I knew from college. um, And we used to perform together all the time in college, and and one of our good friends from college. This was Vassar, right? This was Vassar, yeah. Uh, He... uh, I want to say about a year before had had like a small heart attack at 22 which is weird yeah um, and they put him on this heart medicine um, or whatever it was and they were like okay yeah it must be a defect or something um, uh, and then had heard nothing else of it uh, he and his girlfriend had gotten engaged that fall they were going to get married in December um, and then a few weeks I think before this happened, he went in for a checkup and they were like, yeah, you're good, and took him off the medicine. Oh, wow. Um, and then and my timeline, again, like this is a fuzzy period. Sure, of, of course. Um, the time, less than a month later, he was dead. Um, he woke up one morning having a heart attack and basically dropped dead. Um, and that was very shocking sure obviously um, like you expect if someone's going to die at 22 it's like car crash or drugs it's or, something inexplicable which this was but not it shouldn't be a health not the sort of inexplic- not the inexplicable you expect yeah it should uh, be something like an, an act of like oh there was an accident yeah. yeah there was an accident or dummy did something they were doing something dumb yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, Darwinism the, yeah and yeah. this was I guess you could say this was the opposite of my grandfather where like Matt also did it wasn't like he he was not the most health conscious guy as many people are at 22 at yeah, yeah but you would not look at him and be like oh man this guy is is, is uh, dead by 23 um, so he died and I remember when it happened we had had a show mm-hmm. I want to say those shows were on Thursday nights that might be wrong and it's not even interesting if it's right but uh, 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 he, we had a show and then we all like went about our ways and I went home Berg and I lived together and then in the morning my phone rang and there was a a, a, a friend of mine from back east I knew from college she was staying with me um, and I 
I was talking to some. Oh, I was talking to someone on Instant Messenger. Sure. On AIM. Sure. 2000, yeah, 2004, guys. Ah, the sweet spot. Totally different world. Yeah. Carrie had just lost mm-hmm. another not, four years. We were texting. Yep. No. Nope. Katrina we was just a, a, a sparkle in the ocean's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I was talking to someone uh, on AIM. AIM, a friend of ours, uh, and she was like, "You should call Leslie." Um, and Leslie was Matt's fiance, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And that was really all she said. And I was like, "That's weird." And I didn't know what was right. up. Right. I think Bird was at work somewhere, um, and so I did call Leslie. Uh, and by the way, if this ever happens, don't tell somebody to call the fiance who just watched sure. her fiance die. She was there for it. She was oh, in. Yeah, she woke up while it was happening. And oh. He never got up. Um, I can't imagine me calling like, "Hey, uh, Alexa said to call you." Uh, was a great that she, yeah. had, to, she yeah. had to tell me. Uh, and my first instinct was, "I don't get this bit," uh-huh. so I was just very quiet um, because I was like, "This, I, someone, I don't understand this bit." I don't know if it's like a prank on me or if it's something I'm supposed to join in on. Yeah. Like I truly didn't get it. And so I remember a big silence. Um, and she kind of had to convince me that it was real. Uh, yeah. And then I figured out it was real. Um, and That's- it was very hard. I imagine also, as you were saying that, our, our mutual friend Marie Lively, mm-hmm. she had a, a Just similar. Just last night? Yeah, yeah. She had a similar experience where she, we all, we, I went to college with her and she ended up dating a kid who very similarly, when he was 23, was playing bas- basketball and inexplicably had an undetected heart condition and just dropped dead. Yeah. And I know when his best friend called her, it was the same thing. She was like, I, just stop it. I don't, yeah. it's, I'm not gonna be mad. Just like stop the joke. Yeah. Like that was sort of like I don't. This is clearly a joke that isn't very, and and bad. Just just stop it. Because right? I think that's how you have to make sense of it, right? Or yeah. That's how you're and also, the, I mean, like we're all around comedy people. We, like bits are the are the main source of conversation. Yeah, that's our that's our economy. Yeah, and often they're horrible, they're yeah. bad bits. So like, there's no reason to assume that that this is a real thing. Um, uh, and it is such a, like, a bizarre, like, out of the blue, like, at that time, too. And you know what? Even now, yep, even now, um, I hadn't been through any, I, I didn't know how to deal with this. I didn't, sure. so, you know, like, and you see movies and stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, really dramatic. And in my experience, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's deeply mundane yeah. to find out somebody has died. Well, because I think there's the things that's not cinematic to like find yeah. out about it and then hang up and be like, oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, they always cut away. A, a movie cuts away yes. at the part where you go, all right. Uh, I have to pee. Yeah, what? Yes, I still pee, but I'm sad. Like, I have to go in and tell my friend that is staying with me I have to go in and like kind of get her out of bed and say hey this happens and that's weird and we're both going to have to like silently put on clothes yep and then figure out what to do and where to go 
there's also like a helplessness because you don't know like what do I yeah. do where do I go mm-hmm. and I think when it's something that you can prepare for when someone like hey this is coming or this is a yes. elderly person then even if it hasn't been discussed there's vague plans in place well you've thought about it to some degree like something like this I imagine I've the, all the people that in my life have died have all they have known it's either age which yes. is inevitable mm-hmm. or it's just like okay this is too early but it's, we know it's thing. coming sure um, yeah that that just the blindsidedness of it must be incredibly uh, unnerving and just like a, yeah a lose a sense of gravity and it definitely affects me still like yeah. it was a, it was a it defined a lot of my adult life hmm. because it changed how I well, my mid-twenties were a bit of a bust as a result. Uh, my, my reaction, so like I'm not the most emotive person in the world. Sure. Like I think like, like fine New Hampshire stock. Uh-huh. You know, that, like I'm from New <laughs> England. We, we, we are strong and we are quiet. We can yes. free or we die. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and I, I'm, I'm kind of wordy and, and so I'm, I'm thinky. Uh, and so my first thing is once we get past that sort of weirdness is like, okay, well, what, what do we do? How can we help? Um, and there was a ton of hard things in there. Like we went, we kind of all gathered together, a bunch of his friends and like a bunch of us made a lot of those calls. I can still remember um, the worst phone call I've ever had in my life. Uh, I called our friend Brett Dobbs, um, who was another friend from college and who would come out and stay with us. And, and then we also did comedy with him, that sort of stuff. Uh, and the two things uh, uh, I, I called him uh, and I, I believe I called uh, our friend Greg Russo and I remember calling, I'm pretty sure it was Brett uh, and the two horrible things were one uh, he was, I, it was unexpected for me to call him so he was thrilled he was like hey when he, when oh, he answered the phone and Jesus. that felt awful uh, and then two I remember either talking to him or Greg uh, and wherever they were it was raining mm-hmm. uh, and I knew it because I could hear the windshield wipers in the car they were driving. Uh, and I could tell he's driving, and I was like, you should, I think you should pull over. Uh, and he did, and I remember telling him, and I remember in that silence, just the windshield wipers through the phone. Like, just that. What a... Uh, and that was brutal. Yeah. That was really fucking brutal. Well, that's one thing that we were talking about that you cut away from the mundane. Like, yeah. that feels, like, incredibly cinematic. It is. That's like a sound mixer's dream, but <laughs> what that's, it's interesting also the things like the very specific details about that kind of stuff, the, yeah. the things that stick out with like the other, the blur of the timeline. Like, I'm not sure when these things happen, but yeah. I remember these windshield wipers for the, some reason. The other little pieces I can remember. And again, like it is so fucking blurry and, and not cause I was like, so I got wasted. I don't drink, yeah. but it is, uh, that's my helicopter. Yeah, uh, I gotta go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Didn't realize you were this big of a deal. Yeah, and it's all well. You know, I'm not such a big deal because like I can't make a helicopter wait. Uh-huh. You know, I just have to. When yeah, it comes, no, when it comes to you, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, the other things I can remember from those couple of days, um, two is we we're all in our friend's apartment, uh, no one knew what to do, and so we'd put on movies as we were like dealing with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember watching uh, Mean Girls, which sure. I which I had also watched. 
the weekend my grandfather died. Oh man, that I have not seen since, and I will never watch it. That seems fair. Yeah, that feels like that's a that. I know there's a weird Pavlovian thing tied to that. Uh, the day after he died, we didn't know what to do, so we all went to Universal City Walk. I think it was day or within a day or two. Uh, we all went to Universal City Walk and saw the SpongeBob movie. Sure. Um, so a bunch of people in their early twenties, just like all like pretty upset, mm-hmm. going to watch SpongeBob movie, and it was great. Really, what the doctor ordered. Uh, and I remember uh, Matt had a uh, when when he when he passed Leslie didn't really want to be in that apartment anymore. That makes sense. So she was staying somewhere else. Uh, but they had a they had a, a hamster named Puppy, mm-hmm. um, and she couldn't just leave it in this thing. So she wanted someone to go get the hamster. So Berg and I went to the apartment and and got Puppy. Uh, and so the apartment was right not too far from like the Hollywood Bowl it's just like north of Hollywood Boulevard right. on one of those little weird streets in the sure street. so we went over there and then I don't remember where the apartment we were taking it to but it was walking so I had a you know like one of those like tanks with a habit trail thing sticking mm-hmm. out and this little hamster running around and we had to like walk down over to Cahuenga and walk down Vine and, and all that and when something like that happens again like you know, it would hit me in big bursts of like overwhelming mm-hmm. freak out sadness. And so I, there's a moment where I was standing at Coenga in Hollywood holding this hamster, this hamster cage and just like bawling, yeah. just like very aggressively crying. Uh, and to any passerby, 100%. You look crazy. It looked like my hamster died and I wasn't handling it well. <laughs> because hamsters are not big and when you're carrying them around, they're going to hide yeah. in a little fucking thing. Uh-huh. And so it looks like the person who has handled the death of a hamster worse than <laughs> anyone in the history of people and hamsters. Yeah. Uh, and in the middle of Hollywood. And like there's a high threshold for crazy things Seen in Hollywood. Weird things, And yeah. I was like, I was top tier. You were the top echelon that yeah. day. Was the the sad hamster man in the oh, in, in the middle of uh, Hollywood Boulevard? Um, well, that's interesting. Just also like, God, it's it may just be a hamster, but what? This is like a, one of the few like anchors, one of the few like tethers to yeah. your, one of your best friends. Yeah, it's and just I was, that it's just a rodent who has it, no understanding of what's happening around it. But mm-hmm. fuck, man, this was his little thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's. You know, I don't know, I, I don't think anyone can know, like, why, like, at a particular moment I was overwhelmed then and not in the apartment. Or I was over, you know. Um, and I, I, you know, but it, it, it just did. And I think I probably have a habit of tucking stuff away sure. to a certain point. Definitely did it then because of all that. Like, okay, we have to get puppy, and we have to do this, and we have to do that. And you're just focused on like pragmatically. What yeah. do I need to do? Yeah, uh, and I'd say the whole roof caved in about four months later on mm-hmm. me. Like that was probably about as long as I faked it. Right. Um, once I got past those first few days, which were very hard, obviously, and the funeral and everything, um, because the next spring, I was not. I I, I know now that I was not good. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew I wasn't psyched or happy. I was yeah. sort of like, you know what? Everything's fine. I wouldn't have been like, everything's great. Uh, but I didn't know how bad it was for me until much, much of my life. And I could go like, oh yeah, like I just never showed up to that job again because like I couldn't right. get out of bed. Like, like, yeah. like that's that sort of stuff. Um, 
and that lasted for a little while. Yeah. Like it did. It like lasted for a little while. It's hard for me to. Uh, I got like fixated on. I would think a lot. I, I got fixated on like oh, not not death necessarily, but just like impermanence in a, sure. in a healthy way. Uh, and so like it took a good amount of time before like I had much interest in like seeing anybody and mm-hmm. like dating anybody. Uh, and then even with friends, I had a exception maybe being like Berg and Todd, my close friends. I had like a massive wall that I put up to protect from this happening again, sure. not consciously. Yeah. And it took me a long time to understand that that's what I was doing. Right. Um, and it was like tough. It, you know, it was it was brutal and I'm still have only been in California for nine months and I've been here for five days once before right like so I'm in this new place trying to do comedy uh, great 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 time yeah uh, pretty broke um, very my family's very supportive and they, they supported me a, a lot through that my mom was, was great and everything um, but like so there were there were no real tether points there was no comfort level that wasn't like a couple of people. Well, because you were just a tumbleweed at that point. It's yeah. like moving, you didn't have any real roots here. Mm-hmm. And one of your main roots, the one that got you out here... Yeah, was gone. was gone. Mm-hmm. And then most of the other ones are also dealing with that yeah. and connected to that. Like, I had, like... Uh, Annie Mebbin is, like, the person I say is my first close LA friend. The right. first person I, I really became friends with in Los Angeles. Uh, and, like, I definitely knew her, but at that point... I wasn't. I didn't know her well. Right. Um, so, like, any literally anyone I saw was someone that, and that I felt close to, was someone that also was now linked to this thing because I spent the yeah. days after it exclusively with them. Was there solace in that? Was there nice because, like, you were going through a similar thing at, in some capacity? At least you, your experience might be different of it or the way you're processing it. But like, you, uh, there's at least like a shared shared experience in the similar lexicon. It. Or you just wanted to avoid You know, that. it would have been worse if it was no one. Mm-hmm. It was good to be able to talk and do bits about it. Again, sure. talking about, like, hey, comic people, we do bits about horrible things. Tons of, hey, bits about Matt being dead. Yeah. Um, and that was helpful because, again, that's our language. And, again, like, living with Berg is a, was a huge help. Right. Um, but the – but still, it – not really, not not really. <laughs> that would be nice. Not having a job, not having any sort of career, doing the shows and stuff. But um, even if they helped, it also made it so I couldn't not think about it. Right. Like there, there was truly no way to not be thinking about it. Because that was the thing you shared with yeah. them. Yeah. And for... The biggest thing this group of people had shared. Right. You know, like it, it wasn't like we got, we'd just gone to a... Fancy Pants Liberal Arts College. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's the other thing that brought us together. So, like, this was now the defining thing. Right. Um, music helped a lot. Um, How so? There, I think it probably helped with age. That particular age, I think, is probably big on for people on music. But there, I, I would just listen to a lot of, like, loud music. And that would... Help me not. There's some just emoting for you. Yeah, it's kind of. I think so. I'm not doing this, but this is. Yeah, and and even when it's not like you know, like, like not sad. I've I've never been big onto 
sad music, but it, it, you know, at the time, right, oh three, oh four, oh five. Uh, uh, was a that was a very productive and like kind of a, a, a wellspring of all the thes and the yeah. garage rock. Is that pop of, of like yeah. uh, useless term now, but like indie stuff, and mm-hmm. then so like I would li- like listening to Wolf Parade or, or Ted Leo. Oh, man, that Wolf Parade. Uh, yeah, that Wolf Parade album was a was a bit of Father a lifesaver. Sons of Hungry Ghosts. What was the name of the album? The album was uh, Apologies to the Queen oh, Mary. Yes. That song was on it. God, that song's amazing. Uh, Slater Kingy and, and um, uh, 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 a TV on the radio that returns yeah. Cookie Mountain yeah. was really big for me. Uh, and like those albums helped a little bit of release in terms of I don't have to think about this thing I don't have to worry about it, it felt like the life life was all worry right um, and then rethinking things truly escape yeah uh, and that was really that was very helpful at that time and that at, it be, I don't know if that was something I did before I asked him no mm-hmm. uh, but that may, remains um, my main source of like s- relief from stressors is music do you um, is there a thing because I think like music has the ability to flatten time mm-hmm. and more than anything else outside of maybe smell yeah um, but like now do you when you hear like the, the Ted Leo album do you are you immediately kind of trans, like transported back there not in a bad way interestingly because it was always healing yeah like it's the uh, Apologies for Queen Mary mm-hmm. Queen Mary is a big, a big one and, and uh, uh, Hearts of Oak by Ted Leo, I actually did another podcast recently talking about that album, and um, like I connect that to the end of college and this year, and, and return to they kind of bring me back to that age a little bit, not in a nostalgic way. That sounds like the big chill, but like uh, um, like just jamming music yeah, over everything. And, yeah, we just really <laughs> the Jeremiah first songs you think of. <laughs> we all danced in the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, but the like it does now having healed a bit from that sort of thing it does connect to that to me but not in a way that is negative not in a way that taints it for me but rather in a way that is kind of like is kind of weirdly soothing of right. like oh yeah like it reminds me of that that was hard but that was then like, like right. and that w- it was dealt with and it was it was it, it, that's that's good yeah do it, you know, you're talking about like how perf- performing was not really escaping these emotions because that's a thing you shared. And it was yeah. always very clearly the link between like that and, and Matt was so evident. But like, was there anything, was there a point in time where that became more of like um, uh, eulogizing or like it was like it was a celebration? Yeah, you know what it was? I remember having these conversations with Bergen Todd. So, like, I would perform with Matt and Alex Bergen Todd Fasten. Um, and when Matt died, we stopped performing because we're not going to be like, well, two, we've got a non-paying improv show. We need to do it. Um, <laughs> Those 15 people, we will yeah, not let them down. This is important to mm-hmm. us. Um, and the... New Year's, we, we kind of talked probably about a month later. Because right away, my first thing was like, I want to move back east. Yeah. I want to sure. here. Um, and then pretty quickly, I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. That isn't a way to be happy. Uh, and so we stayed, and we kind of talked about it, and we were like, hey, when we are ready, we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll do our thing. We'll, we'll perform. And part of that is, I remember having conversations being like, 
I would both of them be like Berg talk or Matt talked Berg and I into moving to LA mm-hmm. uh, and it felt like we honestly thought like he would think it was stupid to not do that sure um, like that was the, that was the language of like he would think that was dumb not like he would want us to go on just be like don't be yeah a, don't be an idiot. idiot yeah yeah um, so we're, and again it's like low stakes stuff we're just doing these little shows but like it, it gave us joy and we wanted to try to do comedy for career and so we we're like okay so yeah we're not going to be in a big rush but we know that we'll do this thing and um, Matt died in early December uh, and New Year's Day. Uh, Leslie, Leslie kind of split town pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like that was her place was somewhere she couldn't go, and, yeah. and so I think she went home. Um, and, but she was driving up the coast, um, up to Seattle. Uh, and so we were like, "Well, this is also very sad because she's our friend and we love her." Uh, and so we're like, "What if we all drive up to Santa Barbara with her, um, and then we'll all stay nice in Santa Barbara, and then that'll be like, and then she'll go sure. the rest of the way." So we did, and we all drove up, and myself and Berg. Uh, our friend Dave Sherrill, uh, we all took the car, and I made a, uh, it might have been a mix CD Uh-oh. for the car, or it was a early, early iPod, I can't remember, uh, but we made a playlist, uh, and it was all like, and I put the song Convoy on there, mm-hmm. the CW McCall, and as a bit for a good chunk of the time, I would just replay, I, no matter what, I would the same I would play that song over and over and over just to bother them mm-hmm. um, and to the point where it like tipped over and, and like we were still very very sad but that was very funny to us and, uh, and Todd was there too I was going to say Todd but like um, and so that ended up being when we started performing again we were like well let's name ourselves Convoy because A it doesn't really mean anything yeah. B it is connected to Matt it reminds yeah. us of Matt we're doing this this stupid stuff and with with Leslie and in response to his death and like we liked that idea mm-hmm. um, and then that's pretty we started we were like okay well let's just do our, our dumb shows again because it's at least a, a, a release and yeah. we'll figure it out from there did it ever feel this is perhaps not the best metaphor but like feel a little bit like uh, uh, an Obi-Wan sense <laughs> like you know like looking out and the, the glowing figure not obviously uh, literally, but just like yeah. the presence of like this feels because I know like just in little things, uh, and I'm sure a lot of it is just me projecting, but like feeling sensing like oh, I feel like my mom would like this or would be here. This is a thing that would make her happier. Like feel an odd presence, even though it's just me. I think that came up in, in a lot of the comedy, like again, like bits, bits, bits. But like a lot of the bits we would do, like you know, again, like going to college when you're 18 or whatever and getting to know these people like you're still you're a, ch- you're a fucking child at 18 yeah, sure. and you're learning stuff uh, uh, in, in a lot of ways and you're learning what makes you you and you're learning what your sense of humor is and you're learning what your aesthetic is and, and all that sort of stuff and, and just who you're going to be and that was a big part of that on Todd and Berg and me and a bunch of other people um, and so like a lot of the stuff I think we started doing and just like honestly like the fucking around mm-hmm felt connected to him right. um, because it was the sort of fucking around that we would do with him mm-hmm. um, and that was a there's good and bad of that the good is like it was a connection to him uh, and it was again like kind of a release mm-hmm. the bad is it was absolutely a dodge from dealing with right. it right like like it was a 
100%. Let's not deal with feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's joke about um, it. So, it down. you know, like probably had we cut that with, <laughs> with some actually dealing with it, then we'd be like, yeah, that, that's, that's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there were elements of that that I think were necessary for us to, uh, or at least for me, I can speak for the guys, uh, to heal as we went on. And uh, again, that 2005 was very rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably, not probably about it, definitely contributed to me being the person that I am now in, in, in a very big and, right. and massive way. I think it made me more serious than mm-hmm. I was before. Um, and it made me feel like I had to step up because like Matt was definitely of the four of us the most like confident and gregarious right. now going even even with Berg in that roster uh-huh. um, and with him gone that felt rudderless and right. so I think I felt like oh I have to be proactive I have to make decisions for myself and I have to I have to kind of do stuff and, and I, I think that all came from that hmm. what did it do for like um because I had to deal with, uh, like, at 23 when I, I first got sick. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, I guess 24 is not the first time I really went to the hospital. But the idea of, like, it totally shifted my view on sure. mortality. Because, like, yeah. usually you don't have to think about that shit. Yeah. And if you, even if it's, like... You, certainly not at 23, yeah. like, except in terms of, like... Oh grand. man, this yeah. fucking cool person made three great albums. Yeah, and then, exactly. you know, and then you're like, yeah. it's cool. Oh man, figure eight was a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know. What does that do in terms of, um, in terms of like, did that forever shift yeah. the paradigm for you? It or? did for me, and and I, I I would imagine, you know, for something like what you went through, it's and it's something like this, like that I'm describing, I imagine that they are complementary, but probably also fundamentally different, you know, mm-hmm. different to have something. And I'm, don't, I mean, tell me if I'm fundamentally wrong, but to have something that is like chronic like that, that is that you are deal with a horrible thing that you deal with over podcast listeners can't tell them. No, my, hands, big, my hands are very spread apart. Right now, so big, big space. Yeah. And something that is a very sharp, instant, short shock like that. I think they go to the same place, and they probably take very different routes sure. to get there. Um, my reaction was: anything can be taken away from me at any moment. Right. And I think the way I treated it wasn't, and I might not know. I reacted like, and I won't know. Right. Um, and it wasn't just mortality. It definitely was that. Like, I still deal with that where I still think about, like, <laughs> fairly regularly, like, look, I might be dead tomorrow. Yeah. Like, there's no way to, like, there, there's no way that we could have been, the odds on him having a heart attack when he woke mm-hmm. up the next morning were very small. If you'd ask anybody, and it turns out they were 100%. Right. Um, and so for me, like, I had to, like, literally anything about me or anything I care about can be taken away like that. Do you find, is that freeing? Is that like, is there a certain level, uh, is it anxiety ridden or is it like? It's both. Yeah. It's both exist. It's horrifying. Uh, it made it really hard to date. It made, when sure. my, my wife Deborah and I, she, she had to deal with that for a long time. Um, and I'm certain that, you know, when we were talking about getting married and I, I knew it at the time too, and I couldn't 
get out from it, that's, it, it's horrifying to me. Right. Um, and I still don't easily, and I'm sure there's tons of other stuff in my life, I'm sure that draws this out, but like, I don't easily like, no, trust isn't the right word. I don't like feeling like I need something or someone. Right. Sure. And I get very uneasy. Um, and it's this. It's because, like, I know it can be gone any moment. And I think about that. I think about that with Deborah. And I think about that with uh, my dogs. And yeah. I think about that with my family. Um, and it's awful. Um, but the freeingness of it is more selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is going, well, then, fuck it. Like... Yeah then this sounds nihilistic and that's not how I view the world that's not how I think but like what does it matter right like I don't believe in a lot of like it's not like I'm like so I jet ski every day you know and I jump into cenotes Uh, but so much is just going like if this is something that does no harm and brings you joy or something that you want uh, and does no harm then you should do it because I, I you and I and everyone we will, everyone we know will die having not done yeah. what we want. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, in some capacity. In some, some way, shape, or form, there's going to be some local regret, something you missed out on. You know, like if, 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 if your lovely new empty apartment collapsed on us right now, there are obviously things that we both are planning on doing tomorrow or planning on doing in 10 years or yeah. planning and we won't have done it and if we're 90 years old and the same thing happens and this podcast is still going I would give you I'd say like hey I don't know if you need to be doing this for you know no, that's too 70 much. years but like that's okay um, but like the same fucking thing like as human beings we like I don't know maybe I can get really into meditation and then, yeah. but like but I, I just there's always going to be something and we're not going to do it um, and so then to me and again not in like a like uh, so live for the now and chase everything mm-hmm. but just sort of being like that factors into my decision making process immensely right there well it feels like it would mitigate levels of fear to some degree yeah like it's a little bit like well this could all go away or we're all going to turn to dust so yeah who cares if I don't do great on this funny or die video yeah if and, I fuck it up a little bit that's fine and like I to me a lot of I'm, I, I'm pretty focused on like if I learn, like when I take a, like when I work as a director, which was never the plan, there are a couple, I'll take a job if it's someone I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll toss in like, of course there's a money amount. Sure. Like I'm not going to pretend like. Got to pay them bills. But sure. Um, but in general, artistically, like if there's someone I want to work with, with uh, uh, or if it's something I haven't done, if I think I can learn something, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And and to me, that is that same thing. Well, well, then that's a value to me. You know what right. I mean? Because then, like, if I am here after, then I've got something real that I can that I can that I can build off of that, and, and I can maybe create something new. And uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time. Like I do a ton of improv. Improv is the dumbest. Thing in the world playing make them ups yeah it's uh, like for an adult to do, like follow an empire stuff and mm-hmm. like but I love it and it's and it, it's a creative outlet for me and I can create things and I can work with people that I love and it make me laugh uh, and it makes me very happy um, and I'm pretty good at it and it makes audiences happy and so I don't feel any guilt about doing it like you know what I mean like, and I, I think because again that is something that, yeah, it might stop later today. Right. Forever. Right. 
Um, so I carry around a decent amount of fear about that, but I also carry around a element of that's part of my decision-making process. There, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember in terms of like totems, there wasn't there a, uh, you had a jacket? Mm-hmm. Because I remember that being, because I never knew the story, and I think Annie yeah. told me about that once, and I was like, oh, wow, that's both like beautiful and also probably really hard. Yeah, I, I still have it. Um, yeah. There was uh, a leather jacket. You, you I think, I wore it for like two or three years. I, every time I saw you, you were in that jacket. Yeah, if it was possible to wear it in L.A., which, you know, um, I would wear it. It was a, he, he had this cheapo, I assume faux leather, uh, maybe not, um, bomber jacket that Matt would wear sometimes. And when we were helping clear out his stuff, like, you know, his mom, Jean, who is just a, a, a wonderful woman. Um, and Leslie kind of like had stuff that they wanted and that they took. And, and but then there's just, you know, a bunch of stuff. Have, uh, well, most people have yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have to go through it. And that jacket, I kind of always liked. It was kind of like anachronistic and it didn't fully make sense in LA. And sure. I, I kind of dug that. Uh, and so I asked if I could have it and I did. And I, I wore it. I, I, I stopped and it didn't really fit me. Um, uh, I stopped wearing it because it started falling apart yeah. and I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah. Um, so it's in, it's in my closet at home. Um, but... When I stopped wearing that jacket, uh, I spent a little time. I got another brown leather jacket mm-hmm. that, I, that I wear when it's weather appropriate, uh, and I did it because a I like it, mm-hmm. uh, and b because of that. Right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that jacket was. Yeah, I wore it all the fucking time, and it was a weirdo jacket. Like, uh, I, I, tr- I have no idea where it came from. I don't know why he had it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is probably part of the reason I, I liked it. Was yeah. It was kind of inexplicable. A little bit of mystery. Yeah. Just like this thing that just only existed for him. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and probably just buy like a Goodwill or something. You know, but like it, it, I, I always dug that. Um, also, I like brown leather jackets. Sure. But Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Timeless. Bummer. Yeah. You're fonzie fond, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Black feels like to me at a certain age, you're like, if you're not on a bike or in the Ramones, then you're trying too hard you're trying yeah, like, to... I got one and that's why I like, I, like, I like it but every time I put it on I'm like mm, is this right mm. brown a little more casual yeah a little more chill uh, I feel like I can pull that off better than I can pull sure pull black um, I also took two I took a pair of bowling shoes that he stole from a bowling alley once when we went bowling yeah, that's I great. still have those too yeah yeah I know when my um, my grandfather died who was like he was like a second dad just like a little tiny joyful Irishman yeah. who like had you know problems with a drink in his life was like always joyful and always had like a bunch of bad jokes like uh, you know when growing up we were so poor my dad had to cut holes in my pockets just so I had something to play with like <laughs> yeah. Ian had a plethora of those yeah. and when he died the only thing I asked for and I'm pulling it out now dear listeners uh, was this he'd always say like you want to see a picture of my pride and joy and it was a grandfather so you're like oh yeah let's see the grandkids and then he huh. had this. Yep. Which is just a picture of a of the cleaning products pride and joy. Yep. Yeah. It's the only thing I wanted. It's like the only totem. Like, yep, this yeah. is this is all that I need. Yeah, I think that's good, man. I, I think like I think sometimes people worry that stuff like that is like 
or, or, or clinging to, but like I don't know. Like I I I, I like the. I like having a tactile yeah. uh, a connection to something like that. And, like, I'm not a huge, like, I, I'm not, like, minimalist living or anything, but, like, uh, you know, I don't need to keep everything. Yeah. But stuff like that, like, I, now, 13 years later, if mm-hmm. something happened to that jacket, I'd be crushed. Sure. It would destroy me. Yeah. Um, and I, I... I Maybe that's bad, but I, I don't think it is. I, I, it helps. I don't know. I mean, I think I think you could look at it either way, but I think it's it's just a thing, but it's a thing that you've assigned value to. And I yeah. think it's in some capacity, it's like a, um, I'm not a real big Harry Potter fan, but a Horcrux? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sure. or whatever. Yeah, Horcrux, you got it. Horcrux. Um, but it's like I a mean, thing. they're evil. But it's, a, it's a not evil it's, it's a good. It's a good Horcrux. Um, that, you know, in some way it becomes them yeah and it's you know it's like irrational and illogical but it's still like if you were to lose that it would be like I'm going to some capacity like yeah. going through that again time is flattened and I'm mourning all over again and human beings I think are very uh, again I don't I'm sure some humans are I'm sure there's some very uh, enlightened people out there um, but we're horrible at recognizing that we go yes that literally you know, Matt Carey doesn't exist mm-hmm. anymore. Um, we have to create these wonderful mythologies sure. just to convince ourselves that that isn't true. Or that any of this matters. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's hard. And, and I, I the, maybe this is a stretch, but like I, I studied history. One of the things I love about history and one of the things I love about being in a new place is thinking about the people who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, you know, in, here in L.A., like, I, I love downtown L.A. with the theaters that are just, half of them are collapsing in on themselves yeah. or just sell socks or a church now, but they're these beautiful, you know, million-dollar theaters and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and they were something, and you look, think about, like, I, I love going there because I think about, you know, literally... 90 to 100 years ago, the people that were there were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's really fucking cool. And, and, and that's always what drew me to history is like, no, these aren't stories. These aren't facts. Someone did this crazy thing or this normal thing or this evil thing or this right. amazing thing. Um, and we know that's true, but we, we will never experience it and we will never see that thing again. And, and that is... Uh, uh, very interesting to me and for in a personal level something like when Matt died and knowing that he is gone and I have these memories and I'll have those forever and, and, and but the but the jacket is something like going down town LA and looking at that theater and being like imagine all the people coming by yeah, there sure. it's like you know walking around you know in Europe old parts of older cities and being like it's fucking crazy that 800 years ago, people were walking along here doing the exact same doing thing. the exact same Slightly thing. Slightly dressed up differently. Like, dressed up differently. That's it. Probably less distracted. Yep. Um, but like, and the jacket to me is that right? Yeah. Like it's cobblestones. It's 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 a marker, um, and I think that is. I think that's good. I, I think we we struggle so much with hey, we're going to be gone someday, and that's why. And the healthy version of that is. But here's where we were. Right. Um, and that has to be 
things. It has to be things that are connected to us or that we create. Otherwise, it's literally like that. And, you know, enough time. Yeah, it's literally that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's nothing, you know, like these cities will not be here someday. And, For sure. And, 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 but that, that, that's okay. I'm not going to worry about that since I will be. You're not going to be. I'm not going to care that no yeah. one will know I existed because I won't be a thing. Yeah. Do you have um, advice for anybody who is like, I don't know, uh, g- goes through young loss or just, lo- I, mean, I guess just like when you're very quickly and abruptly reminded of your mortality, what, how do you deal with that and from a mourning standpoint? Yeah. The, I think you have to be around people despite the fact that for the most part everything is telling you not to right like your brain is screaming at you not to I'm projecting my own experience on other people but that's fine um, and I think you have to I think the being a social animal that we are there's a reason that humans are drawn together mm-hmm. and it's some evolutionary strength um, and on your own I, you can you can break um, and I think it's harder to do that when there's kind of people buttressing you especially if those people are also going through it even though that will also feel hard um, because you can't understand it right and you can't rationalize it and it's just horrible and again, don't do great with just horrible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, there's nothing you can ever do to change this new situation. Right. Um, so then what you can do is deal with it and you can process it and you can build other things out of it. And it's harder to do that alone, um, I think. Uh, I think it's also different. You know, I don't know what that's like in, in the world I live in this sort of like comedy hey we make things world that was a big outlet for me right. as well eventually um, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have something like that uh, but I think anyone can find that you, it doesn't matter what you do yeah, you, now you find it in some capacity yeah and, and, and I think I, I think to make something helps it a little bit because there's a there's an act of creation there, which is uh, beautiful and like and lost you're creating something else. Yeah, and again, and that doesn't mean like, hey, you know, hit up color me mind the week after someone dies. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, th- that might be ten years later. Right. It, it, it might be five years later. It might be months later. It might be immediately. You know what I mean? But like, that act of creation has to help. Yeah. You know, it has to. Yeah, because it's all memorializing in some in some way, even if it's not uh, con- done consciously. Yeah, and it's not direct. Like, and here's a statue I made of this person. Yeah, um, I think it's probably the healthiest to go swing the other way again. Improv shows for ten people, mm-hmm. where we're you know playing horny ducks or whatever. Uh, I love that. Know, like everyone, it's a classic. Sure. Comics like ours on first. Those three horny ducks. Oh man, the old. Uh, Corkscrew, yeah, yeah, that's man. a fun time. People love it. People scream it out of their shows. Do horny ducks? Mm-hmm. Like guys, it's improv. We're not gonna do horny ducks, but then we always do. it's the hits. You gotta, yeah, do it. You gotta do the horny ducks. You close with that, yeah. Um, but like that's, you know, that 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 helps. 
that, that creation helps. Um, you have to be actively going out and doing this because just be doing that. Just be, be making, I think. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's great about myself. I think it's um, I think uh, I, um, transferable to any sort of you got some something hard, something bad has happened to you in whatever capacity. If you can just take that energy and put it into something, literally anything. Yeah, just something that's vaguely positive. Yeah, because it won't go away on its own. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll it'll it will turn into something. Um, you can control if it turns into something good or bad. Right. Well, that's great, man. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Really you know, when we started this, I didn't realize you were recording when we were talking about like directing and stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought we were just small talking. Well, we were so that's going to be more. I, I get that's probably very meandery. Yeah, well, that's that's also like I always just kind of turn it on. Yeah. Like to just like you know forget it's there, man. We can we can check and see how many thoughts I bailed on halfway through, not realizing like, ah, I don't have to finish that thought. I don't know what I was going <laughs> No, actually, that was, I just like that because I uh, um, wanted to do more directing and just like talking, you know, see how you got to that place. Yeah. It's very cool. Luck and accident. Yeah, man. But I think it's very cool. Like, it was never the intention. I think that's also speaks to your uh, uh, your ability to, you know, not, not be a creature of fear and like try new shit and also to your talent. Just yeah. like, like nah, this was not what I wanted to do, but I'll figure it out. It's very stressful. I'll yeah. tell you right now. Yeah. Nothing is more stressful than fucking showing up and having a hundred people look at you and be yeah. like, are you going to fuck this up? And I the hope answer not. is often yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. Yeah, I'm going to do my best, you guys, but yeah. for real, yes, I'm going to fuck this it's, up. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah. And it will be on me. Mm-hmm. And I accept that. Yeah. I'm going to be doing some sort of insert to cover my butt. Yeah. A week and then from now. We're not going to use it. Yep. Yeah. I just wasted a bunch of time. We didn't get the sunset because uh-huh. I really wanted the insert of that alarm clock. Yeah. And now we have to buy a stock shot. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. My pleasure. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. I think that was a great A episode. What about you guys? Let me know. Let me know. Uh, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh, thank you so much to Alex Fernie. Man, that guy's great. Uh, really appreciate you coming over, Alex. I thank you for talking to me, for being so earnest and vulnerable. I can't say enough good things about that guy. Um, and you should also support him because he's, again, I'm, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but he's great. Check him out on Twitter. It's at Fernie, Alex. That's at F-E-R-N-I-E, comma, C-O-M-M-A, Alex. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. Really appreciate it. Uh, also, thank yous. Thank yous to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. Thank you to Julia Pot and Kingdom Flying Club for doing the art and the music. And thank you to you guys for being just real cool. You're very, very cool. And I love you. Have a great week. <laughs>